So, what was the highlight of your week? Oh, um, I mean, various different things that happen in my real life. But from a football perspective... I, th- I don't really care about that. Let's no. just talk about football. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure it was Atom and Humber's tw- Instagram account. Oh, you're fully in. You're fully in. After you were like, you're a naysayer on Alexis. I know. I don't don't want him. I don't want him. He's a mercenary. I'm with Keown. I'm paraphrasing here. uh, Now now you're going all soft for the dogs. Listen, they totally won me over. The picture of them in the United kits and then the next day in little United jackets. It's absolutely magnificent scenes as far as I'm concerned. I I don't remember them selling uh, dog jackets in the (laughs) megastore. No, I think these are children's jackets adopted for the purpose, I reckon. The thing is, when we signed Robin Van Persie from Arsenal, there was this general tone that, you know, we knew he was good, but we didn't know he was this good. I feel a bit like that about Atom and Humber. Like, I knew they were good boys. I didn't know they were this good boys. Oh, dear. Anyway, Alexis was good, wasn't he? He played well against Yeovil. I mean, he I played thought. played the piano well as well before that. Um, yeah, I think that was some uh, creative editing. I don't think he's uh, he's, he's that good, really. I, With I, the piano. I don't know, man. I, I'm pretty sure the first passage of that where it's sort of quite plinky plunky, there's a bit where it has a bit more trills and thrills in it, which maybe not him, but there was some behind the scenes stuff of him actually learning how to play Glory Glory Man United, as if he didn't already know. Uh, well, yeah, so uh, he started against Yeovil and uh, it was an interesting lineup, wasn't it? And. Uh, for for a lot of the game, a pretty tough game for United, though not not one that United were ever in uh, in the risk of losing. But uh, Yeovil worked hard, um, and uh, and it took uh, you know quite a while into the second half before United really pulled away. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that was a huge surprise, really. I think this is, I mean, we we talked on the show last week about how this would likely not be a breeze and United would probably be a quite a changed lineup and thus a bit um disjointed. I thought there were some really serious positives from this game from a United perspective. A couple of players who come in for a lot of criticism recently, both playing well. Obviously you could take the quality of opposition into account for that, but I just mean in terms of their confidence and sharpness, I thought two goal scorers, Rashford and Herrera, uh, both looked back to something akin to their normal selves. Yeah, and I think it's very important for Rashford to score. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's obviously he's played quite a bit of football because he, he plays in every game, one way or another. Um, he doesn't start that often through the centre. Uh, you know, now have another choice, uh, another option through the centre in Sanchez. Uh, I don't expect him to play there that often, but he's definitely an option, so a little bit more pressure. So it was, it was very good for Rashford to to score. And Herrera did well in midfield, um, thought he was energetic, looked a bit more like his normal self. Obviously, he scored the goal because he always scores against Yeovil, so duh. Um, and uh, uh, Sanchez, I thought, was very lively. Obviously, high quality straight away. You can see it. It's a reverse pass to put in Martial uh, for his assist there. Um, McTominay was solid in midfield. Again, I mean, every time we see him, he looks like he's uh, he's 15 years older than he really is. Uh, someone who is 15 <laughs> years older than him, Carrick. Uh, lovely to see him back. I'm not sure we'll see him too much before the end of the season when you retired and and the back four were okay you know a couple of moments from Lindelof when you were like oh and quite a few moments when uh Damien was serving up a sandwich and hoping we'd eat it I haven't seen it but I'm going to guess that his rating on uh, who scored is fairly high because he got an assist but he was he was easily United's worst player 
Um, so yeah, all, all in all, um, nothing negative uh, about this game at all. You know, four standard four nil win, a uh, whole bunch of goals for people who needed them. Uh, not that Lukaku okay. needed to play at all, but uh, it's you know it's nice for him to get a goal because they've been a bit harder to come by since November or so. Uh, another goal from Lingard, standard, standard, uh, and we got to see uh, Angel Gomez. Oh yeah, and a lovely cameo. Oh, so close, so close after a beautiful Shame. run. It would have been nice, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, drifted. Uh, I mean, he's uh, he's he's got a lovely balance, uh, Angel Gomez. I think that's one of the things that's really marked out his youth career. Um, and uh, that type of goal is one he's scored many times, not this time. Um, the the performance in general, the, the, so the goals, very sad for the uh, Yeovil defender who looked so sort of devastated um, that the keeper, he thought the keeper was going to come out clearly when Rashford nicked in. and Absolute schoolboy yeah, that was. Um, I mean, one of the things that was interesting is I, I thought from the goalkeeper's perspective, I bet the goalkeeper's like pleased that everyone's kind of rushing around that defender going, it's all right, mate, it's all right. And no one's looking at the goalkeeper going, come on, you really should have come out and got that, to be fair. Yeah, no, he didn't take control. Neither of them took control of the situation. And at any point, James could have smashed that into the into into Rosette, cleared it. And the goalkeeper, yeah, yeah rude to his line, didn't, didn't take command at all. Almost said Hammers then. <laughs> <laughs> but he was definitely a James. <laughs> the force of habit is strong. Um, I, I thought Rashford's all-round game was really bright. I thought he looked very sort of purposeful and up for it and just the, the kind of best of Marcus Rashford, really. And I, I think I mentioned after the Derby game that it was notable that Herrera had looked um, a little bit peakier, a little bit more, not peakier, that's the opposite of what I mean, a little bit kind of up for it and a bit more confident, a few more forward passes, lovely goal. And of course the, the first assist for a man who I think is going to get quite a lot of assists at United. I've done the biggest 180 this week. We were, I was joking about the dogs, but um, just reading some more stuff about Sanchez. This always happens when players come from elsewhere. I don't know. I don't know any players that well who don't play for United, you know, because you spend so much time watching United. Don't watch that much of other teams. Um, he just can do a lot of amazing things, can't he? I mean, it was interesting that he played on the left, I thought. Uh, maybe even slightly worrying, although the circumstances here were quite specific with Rashford playing through the middle. Yeah, um, well, I mean, it's a, it's a big choice for Jose. Let's, let's assume that Lukaku starts more games than he doesn't, because he, he should and will. And uh, Rashford and Martial have been job-sharing on the left. And, and with McTurin gone, matters... Right-hand berth is all his own, unless Sanchez plays there. But he has been playing an awful lot off the left for Arsenal. And, and uh, he's going to be very dangerous there because he's, you know, he's again, a, a player with lovely balance. And, uh, you know, from that position, he can play balls in. He, you know, you know, it's not like United are the kind of team that gets to the byline and starts whipping in crosses. Um, he's not going to do that anyway, but he can cut in and shoot. And uh, that's where I'll score a lot of goals from. So it is worrying. If I was Rashford and Martial, I'd be thinking I might not be getting that many games. But it would be insane. I mean, just it would be, it would just defy all logic. It'd be, you know, the kind of um, moneyball principle of strengthen your weaknesses, don't replace areas in which don't, you know, enhance areas in which you're strong. It, It would seem so utterly bizarre to sideline Rashford and Martial 
just because they're such a spark <coughs> in our team that you know yeah we'll see i mean jose clearly likes the the balance of having matter on the right hand side yeah um and it could well be that sanchez comes into the middle and plays uh, plays through the middle a bit more often balance is um, a, balance is and, a funny and and but you know and and obviously uh, jesse lingard who's on to score about 30 goals this season <laughs> will be disappointed with that balance is a funny word to use for matter on the right isn't it because it's it's so unbalanced it's so asymmetric when he plays on the right like the amount of times Mata was just backing Sanchez up on the left wing you know they were little tricky players club hanging out together having a good time yeah I, I don't think it's, I mean, it's definitely not balance of feet is it I mean although um, I, I think uh, when he plays on the right I, I'd still maintain it's not his best position but he can cut in and drift and uh, the pitch is fully open for him there because obviously he's you know got a very cultured left foot and can play the ball anywhere from there um so he he has got the the fully open um uh you know forward line for him to to play balls into uh, or find other space because uh, obviously with Valencia behind him normally uh, he's got a player who's willing to sort of bomb on that's not quite the case with Damian uh, obviously he got the assist against Yeovil um I'm hoping we don't have to watch him too often no he, he's not good um, Lingard, uh, I was I was watching a game with a friend, and they said this is going to finish two nil, isn't it? And I said no, Jesse Lingard's on. It's not going to finish two nil, and of course it did not finish two nil. Um, nice for Lukaku to get a goal as well after that. Um, like you said, when the substitution happened and he brought Lukaku on with the state of that pitch and some of the tackles that were going in on right. Sanchez in particular, I was thinking, what are you doing, Jose? But I suppose he just wanted Alexis and Lukaku to have some time on the pitch together. I guess so. I mean, one of the interesting things about Rashford and, and Sanchez is it kind of felt they might have, there's the potential for a bit of chemistry there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, there is. But this, as there is with Lukaku, and I mean, I think I've said this quite a lot this season, but we do have a lot of forwards who are capable of, you know, developing chemistry with other players. A lot of a lot of a lot of ballers, as they would say, in that in that mix. You know, a lot of people that are really comfortable with the ball in tight spaces and you know pulling magical things off is a, is a big part of what that forward line can do. So uh, you, we were talking about matter briefly earlier. Amazing statistic from um, Full Time Devils Instagram account, which said um, that matter is four games away from having played more games for United than anyone else in his career which is really amazing when you think about it. It doesn't necessarily feel like that because it felt like he came relatively late in his career to us. But, yep, he's about to break the appearance record he had at Valencia, which is kind of cool. Well, four years. Four years this week that he's been a Manchester United player. So, And I, I don't know in those four years whether he's exactly given us what we thought he might. You know, those couple of seasons where he won Chelsea Player of the Year and scored sort of 20 goals a season. Yeah. We've never ex- quite had that, have we, from him? Um, but uh, we've had um, we've had a lot of good performances from him and he, he plays more often than not. Yeah, and, and just a load of great moments. I mean, obviously, this has been he's been at United in the worst four years of... Most people that most people will even ever remember seeing at United, um, but in that time he's won the Europa League, the FA Cup, the League Cup, Community Shield, uh, really count, um, and and played some lovely football. And you know, I, I I wouldn't mind to be honest if he was here for another four years. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised. But yeah, you yeah. never know. Yeah. Uh, One hundred and fifty games up for Ander Herrera, also. 
um, three years, I guess, at the club. Not quite. Maybe three and a half years, is it? Because, yeah, he came in the summer after Mata arrived. Um, and then uh, Marwan Fellaini has now played 100 games for Manchester United as well. Jesus Christ. Ah, uh, yes, yes. That feels... But look, I mean, getting back getting back to all the, that d- debate about all those forwards, that leaves United with basically we saw six forwards for three or four positions depending yeah. on the formation, doesn't it? You yeah. know, you've got, you've got uh, Rashford, Martial, Sanchez... Lingard, Lukaku, and Mata. Yeah. Um, and lots of them have a lot of flexibility to play in sort of any of those forward positions. Yeah. Um, Lukaku is really a specialist, and, and uh, Mata's not going to be playing up front anytime soon, I don't think. Hmm. Um, uh, but, you know, l- lots of flexibility in terms of formations and combinations. Should be lots of goals there. I mean, Lukaku, Lingard, Mata, Mata and Rashford have all scored over 10 goals this season. Yeah. Um, there's not much beyond that. And I guess you'd be looking at Matter to say, hey, you know, we normally get more out of you in terms of goals, don't we? Um, he's normally a double figures a season man. I mean, double figures in all competitions, perhaps. He hasn't got double figures in the league since 2012-13 at Chelsea. Um, the most league goals he's got for us is nine. Um, yeah, so, you know, he's, he's not been prolific at United. Um but uh, yeah, you would you perhaps expect him to chip in with a couple more. I mean, I, I guess one of the reasons he isn't is just because so many of the goals are being snaffled up by those those three in in Rashford, Lukaku, and Marcel Lingard must have a pretty big hat full himself as well. So, you know, the the, the goals are definitely be sh- been share, being shared around among all those forwards, as I guess you would expect, and you would imagine that Sanchez is going to get at least his fair share as well, isn't he? Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, he's. Uh... He's able to play in Champions League, so it's not going to be one of those things where he's dropping in and out of the team all the time. You'd expect him to be in the team for most games for the rest of the season. Um, that's going to be another 30 games or so. Maybe not that many, but quite a few. He's going to get double figures, you'd think. And, and uh, yeah, I've just looked it up. Jesse Lingard, 12 goals in all competitions. A lot, lots and lots of goals coming from from Lingard as well. That's four players in double figures for the season. I would love to know the last time we had four players in double figures for the season at this 12, point. Twelve goals is a great return for Jesse Lingard. Didn't he score in the? Is it? Does that count? Kind of, uh, was he scoring Charity Shield? No. We weren't We're in, in charity. <laughs> You've got Mourinho's like completely like uh, hypnotized you to believe that we're winning more trophies yeah, than yeah, we actually are. I kind of I <laughs> somehow felt he'd got even more than that. But yeah, twelve goals, great return for Jesse. So um, talking of Mourinho, because I haven't got anything else to say about Yeovil. Um, that's the boss is signed up. So uh, lots of speculation that he might leave or go to PSG or all that. All it took to get him to sign on the dotted line was a vast expenditure on an absolutely amazing proven world-class player. And Mourinho's like, yep, that's all I needed. Sign me up, son. Uh, 2020 with an option to extend free. I mean, essentially, it's a one-year extension with a one-year option. This isn't like... Moise's six-year contract or anything? No, no. Yeah. It's, a, it's a one-year extension with a one-way one-year option. And, um, you know, United can trigger it, not the manager. And it is uh, reasonably sensible, I'd say, given that Mourinho's history. They don't really want to be paying off 
15 million pounds for five years if it all blows up next season so um i think it's uh, it's pretty sensible uh yep. i guess we won't hear too many of those uh stories of uh, Mourinho to psg until i don't know 18 months time or so and then it's going to start coming <laughs> up again if he makes it that far 12. it's a year it's a year extension so 12 months i mean the, the thing about this is it's it's the thing that it does is quell uh, a lot of kind of slightly unsettling speculation. He gave a very enjoyable interview after he signed that contract. He said um, that he's he's really loves the current crop of players, um, which you know why you can understand. You know he clearly is enjoying that crop of players. They seem like a really nice bunch of lads, and there's some very fine players in there. So he must surely believe he can do something with them. Um, he did say, like, I think it's good for everyone, even if there's maybe a couple of people who are not happy about it. <laughs> I did wonder who he meant. Daily Blint, Luke Shaw, maybe not so much Shaw, but definitely Daily Blint's like posted a lot of moody Instagram pictures this week. Yeah, yeah. Blint had just shaved that hair off and then come back different, you know. Maybe he'd maybe convince Mourinho to let him play then. He's de- definitely getting sold in the summer, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's about time too, not not Daily Blint in particular, but the the squad needs a bit more surgery. It needs a it needs a few more outs, basically, doesn't it? It just needs one or two or maybe three players, the, the kind of weak links in the squad, the people that come in and and the incidents of injury and look like a bit of a liability waiting to happen. I mean, Mateo Damien, we'd assume, would go. Uh, Blint, who else? I mean, I, I, Smalling's playing every week, so I guess he's staying. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I, I, I mean, you know, look, Smalling's not had his greatest ever season and didn't last season either. Um, I, I don't think he'd be in my top four. Uh, I mean, Damien and Blint uh, waste their space, to be honest, most both of them. Uh, although, you know, you, it doesn't mean there's no guarantee just because you bring in uh, a couple more um, Jorge Mendes clients or you know Raiola clients or whoever's the flavor of the month uh, that they're they're going to be great at all you know and this is our director of football is this kind of uh, you know set of agents we use um, so there's no guarantee we get anything better uh, and it'll be a significant expense um, uh, Jose I presume is going to want another central midfielder if only to replace Michael Carrick but just because he'll want another option anyway because it looks a bit thin there uh, overstocked uh, in central defence, and and he might even want a replacement for Fellaini, who's uh, it seems is definitely off as well. Yeah, oh, that's the other one. That's the other one. I, th- I guess it's so I, I, three outs, maybe four. Well, Carrick will retire. I mean, well, we could talk about this as the summer approaches, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's good that Mourinho is signed up because it means more settled, more certainty for another year. It's one of those things that it, it just makes sense to extend that contract when it's 18 months away, doesn't it? That's that's the length of time that these things should be done at. And we used to do it with players too, although lately we've started doing that a lot later, a lot of players in the last year of their contract this year and, and not necessarily having signed new deals yet. But that is that does seem to be the way we operate now. So uh, nice to see them being a bit proactive with the manager. I guess there are people who, were disappointed that Mourinho's staying on, but I think that seems a bit short-sighted, really. Yeah, I mean, what other options guarantee United better progress? 
right? Like none, basically. Uh, he's he's pretty infuriating at times. Um, I think we had a little chat on uh, WhatsApp group. What would we see first? United winning the league or United smashing one of the other top six with some free-flowing football? It's, it's definitely the former, isn't it? Um, we, I don't yeah. think we're about to, to see Mourinho change the habit of a managerial lifetime. Uh, he is what he is. Yeah, and talking of which, uh, top six team awaits United in the league on Wednesday night. Wembley, Wembley, we're the famous man United, and we're going to Wembley as the supporters were singing at the Oval game. I don't know if they were referring to the progress in the FA Cup or the fact that we were literally going to Wembley on Wednesday yeah, night. Yeah, but the thing is about Wembley is that it's a soulless hole, um, a shrine to corporatism. <laughs> Uh, it's really, really a very unpleasant stadium. Uh, the the previous stadium, I mean, had a bit of character, um, mainly involving like three feet of piss in the toilets uh, and not being able to see anything because it was the shallowest stadium in history. Um, that wasn't particularly good either, but it apparently had some kind of mystique and aura. Uh, surely the new one doesn't since they play pretty much every game there now um, in the Cups, or at least from the semifinals onwards. Uh yeah, it doesn't hold a special place, does it, for anyone? It's just another big stadium and not, not no, a very nice one is, at I, that. I can't, I can't quite agree because it is the mo- It is the place where I saw the best thing I've ever seen live in a football match. As long-time listeners will know, I didn't really get to go to much football in my younger years, only really in the last few years that I've been going very, very regularly. And that means that basically Martial's winner against Everton and the uh, the ridiculous celebrations afterwards was definitely one of the most incredible things I've ever seen live. So I've, I do have a great deal of affection for, you know, Jesse Lingard slash Anthony Martial National Stadium. Yeah, but it's crap. Um, but, but, you know, <laughs> great views, though. N- n- nice experience for you. But uh, yeah, not, not my favourite. Anyway, I'm sure it'll be full against Spurs because they'll, they'll turn up to support United while singing about supporting their local team and all of that. Uh, Spurs in decent form. Uh, yeah, although perhaps not as good as they were last season, given that they are uh, sort of just about clinging on to the coattails of uh, of somewhere near the Champions League qualification places. Yeah, they are um, somehow uh, top of the form table. Um, but I think that says more about the form table than it does necessarily about Spurs. Um, so they... they uh, they have won. They won three, then they drew, then they won, then they drew. So in their last three games, it's draw, win, draw, and then they drew against Newport in the FA Cup. But still, they managed to be top of the uh, Premier League form table, um, which is, yeah, like I said, just seems a bit silly because they 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 have slightly gone off the boil because at least two of those draws were games you would certainly have expected them to win. Yeah, I mean they 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 comfortably beat Everton and they and. Um... Southampton just before the new year and they won at Burnley mm-hmm. and you know so they've been a few decent sides in the last month or so um very very close to getting embarrassed by Newport in the cup weren't they and, and it was pretty tame draw against Southampton last weekend you know so um yeah. I, I'm not sure they're, that- they're definitely not as consistent as they were last season uh, it's it's probably a tougher league this season with um sort of five teams pretty close in quality and and then City obviously um, a, a step above. Um, although apparently Guardiola doesn't believe it, crying this week about not having enough money for players. You're f- kidding me, aren't you? 
Oh, just I, I, honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm not one. I'm not one for moaning too much about this. I've grown up. No, I guess I've grown up. I don't. I don't believe in conspiracy theories, and I'm, you know, it's. Uh, but please, Guardiola moaning about not having enough money. What does he mean? He means I can't buy the twenty best players in the world. Is that? I mean, you know, his club is a the PR arm of the Abu Dhabi Royal Family. It's a sovereign wealth fund. Uh, and they want to make people feel good about a country with an awful human rights record. So, you know, I don't know why he's complaining. He's getting paid millions of pounds to do that. Yeah, and they've scored 70 goals and conceded 18 this season. So I don't know why he's upset. <laughs> like, they're fine. You don't have to worry, Pep. You're all right. It's all fine. Um, I, I think the whole Alexis thing got to him a bit. Yeah, he shook. No, it's it's your it's the it's what you named the Rankcast episode the other week. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Spurs, um, the one recent fixture of theirs, which we should probably be looking most closely at, of course, the one frustrating draw where a, a team a, a team of plucky underdogs managed by a, you know, someone with a deep connection to United and the same first two letters of his surname as the current manager and basically using exactly the tactics that the current Man United manager is going to use, scraped a one-all draw um, when West Ham and the Moisire rolled up to Wembley Stadium and put 217 men behind the ball. Um, Is there any way, I know your answer to this question, I don't even know why I'm wasting my breath asking it, is there any way we don't see a relentlessly defensive Manchester United in this game? No, I mean, let's see. I mean, will will Mourinho play the the way he would play against Liverpool and City? Maybe not exactly that way. I mean, he, he may not see this exactly the same types of threat come from Spurs going forward. Um, but they have plenty of players who can cause United damage. Uh, they also, you know, they're not necessarily as strong at the back as as some of those other opponents. Well, hmm, Liverpool pretty awful <laughs> and he still played, <laughs> yeah. he still played yeah. hyper-defensively. So I'm, 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 I was Quite trying to rack my brain for an argument than... against uh, United parking the bus, but no, we're going to park the bus. I mean... So who are their key threats? Obviously, Harry Kane, who is a genuinely extraordinary striker. I mean, the, the, the like the Kane hype train, there's no... It, you can't be too hyped about Harry Kane, I don't think. I mean, what an incredible impact he's had in the last few years. It's ongoing. He, scored, he even scored against Newport. You know, he just doesn't stop scoring. And and he scores all different types of goals and is just an amazing strike. He's way too good to be at a club that isn't regularly challenging for serious, serious honours. Uh, whether he'll spend his whole career at Spurs trying to challenge for those kind of honours, I mean, he he makes an enormous difference in the potential for them being the kind of team that can finish second in the league a couple of times in a row, which is obviously not something we've associated with Tottenham. Um. The the rest of the cast, Christian Eriksen, I think, is a wonderful player. And it was really interesting watching the difference between him and Sanchez, actually, uh, when Twanzebe was given the job to do on both of them. And uh, Eriksen just played Twanzebe like a fiddle and dragged him all over the pitch and just looked like he knew exactly what to do in those circumstances, whereas Sanchez just kept running at him. Um, <laughs> a bit worrying. Uh, Deli Ali, who's not having a good season at all. 
And then Son 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 Hyung Min, who is having a really good season, and I think is a very fine player. He's, yeah, he's a very fine player uh, in in a multiple numbers of positions, you know, and uh, often plays off the left, but he can he can play uh, he can, and especially with, you know. Um, if Ericsson plays over the other side, which he does occasionally, so but can play in any one of those sort of three forward positions behind Kane. Um, well, that that's you know you've listed them. It's it's Kane, Ericsson, Ali, and Son who are who are the danger men, and they play Dyer and Dembele in midfield who hold and, and protect the back four, which is which is a very good back four. You know, Davis and Aurea pushing forward, and and I guess Sanchez and Vertonghen. Yeah, it will probably be. You know, at the moment it seems to be. Yeah, I guess Alderweireld must be. In yeah, it, yeah, maybe. he has been. Yeah, um, it's you know that's that. So and and a, a very good keeper in Loris. Um, you know, almost at De Gea's standards. Not so good with his feet. Wow, um, almost. almost, almost is a strong word. Almost. Nearly, nearly, mm, nearly, nearly, nearly in the same chapter. Yeah, so it's sort of the same Gea, ballpark. It, you know. Mm, only in a literal sense, only in that they're both on the field at the same time on Wednesday. Look, uh, he's not giving him to... a foot rub, okay, but it's the same ballpark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, no, I mean, Lloris is a much worse goalkeeper than David De Gea. Let's just, that's... <laughs> All right. To, uh, um, so. But anyway, look, the, the threat comes from the, that front five, um, yeah. of course. Uh, and, you know, they're, and they're, I assume they play a flat back four. They played three against Newport. Yeah, Pochettino has done that occasionally. I suppose United could go to a three, um, play a sort of three-four-three. Three. Don't expect it, but could do. So Mourinho's definitely done that in these types of games before. Yeah, I mean, the, the the thing that I'll be really interested to see is how much difference Sanchez makes to kind of the almost the argument that you and I had after a couple of these games against the top six where I was trying to say that although you can make a strong argument to say that the tactics are very defensive. One of the huge problems is that our counter-attacking play was so profoundly ineffective. And a huge amount of that in a lot of these big games was about Henrik Mkhitaryan, um, RIP. He's with the angles now. You know, um, this is this is the kind of game where Sanchez for Mkhitaryan is a astronomical upgrade. And even like, um, much as I absolutely love him and he's in an amazing patch of form, Sanchez over Lingard, you'd expect, would be an upgrade here. I wonder whether we won't see uh, we won't see matter in this game because he'll want he'll just want that full counter attacking mm. unit. So yeah, he's not United's done that too often, but yeah, it could could be could be. I mean, I, I agree, that Sanchez in this uh, in this context is an upgrade, but there are a few chances you'd expect him to to take more of those chances than not. You know, so Mourinho called out Marcus Rashford after Yeovil, didn't he, and said, uh, you know, Sanchez's pass was the one that Rashford is too fearful to make or too nervous to make. I'm not sure that's exactly fair um, because I I think um, Rashford's uh, sort of awareness in those positions is pretty good normally, pretty good. It's, I know he... he, uh, in the last few weeks, um, who was it? Not against um, the game for last, where he uh, he delayed playing a ball once that he could have played, and you kind of feel that in his uh, in his more confident moments he would have done it, you know. But I think actually that's one of the great things about Rashford. He has he has a very mature all round game. Point being, 
uh, that in those few chances United get, if we are going to play quite defensively and then break Sanchez, you'd expect to make the right decisions and be be the goal threat and clinical if United don't create too many chances. Yeah, and and you know one of the things that will be fascinating, of course, is because this will bring back the conversation about Lukaku against the top six, but. I suspect if United play anything like functionally, we won't see Lukaku looking phased by playing against the top six team. I think it will be used as a stick to beat him with if United don't play well. And I think that it's so odd sitting here thinking about this game. And in in every, in almost every respect, there's absolutely no reason to think that United won't play well in this game. Matic has had a rest. Pogba's had a rest. Pogba's looking in very good form. Although he wasn't great um, last week in in a game, he was excellent the week the game before that. Um, we've got Sanchez now. Lukaku's just scored. Martial and Rashford are both are now both firing. We can say um, the the back four will probably be, I suspect, Valencia, Smalling, Jones, and. Uh, and young rather than sure because that seems to be his go-to choice which which is a unit that that you know looks kind of vulnerable but should have the Mm. proper kind of protection from both the system and Matic in particular so it's weird to kind of just expect United to play badly because it's Mourinho away against the top six team so we expect it to be dull basically no look um I think uh right now on paper you can you can look at United's side and and you shouldn't fear Tottenham that much, right? United more than match man-for-man Spurs and have a deep, deeper resources in reserve, much deeper resources in reserve than Spurs. Um, especially up especially front. Especially up front, yeah, yeah. I mean, Spurs' squad is quite thin beyond the, um, beyond the sort of, you know, 1 to 11. So... Uh, you know, this should be a game in which United go well. Uh, we want to consolidate our position in uh, in second and put pressure if they can be any on on City. Uh, don't want to lose this game through being timid uh, and then suddenly being back in a, a real dogfight for the Champions League places. Um, but I don't really expect that. I don't, I don't. That's not how Mourinho thinks. Mourinho is going to be thinking point away at Spurs is good a good point. Uh, we'll take that and then we'll see if we can get something, um, you know, in the details of the game. Yeah, and a point away at Spurs is a good result. That's, you know, that that is true. It's it's a fine result. They need to beat us more than we need to beat them. Um, of course, it'd be great to win and extend the lead, but this is the Mourinho compromise. I mean, um, I think I might have said this on the podcast before, so apologize, apologies for the repetition. But, you know, you were saying, did he always do this at Chelsea? And I, I talked to a Chelsea supporting friend of mine and asked him that question. He just laughed and said, in this recent spell, absolutely. And even before, that he was, it's always nil-nil plus with Mourinho. It's always a point plus away from home. If you get better, then that's a bonus. Um, not away from home against anyone, but, you know, against the 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 big teams and and so yeah it's hard to be optimistic about a brilliant performance and 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 that is the that is the frustration about United under Mourinho because it doesn't really feel necessary and still even though this is a ridiculously romantic notion it still feels somehow antithetical to what it means to be United like that's such an ethereal and nonsense concept but still you know well it, it, there's um but it is isn't it and i i know i know it's an, I, I know it's ridiculous because 
in 130 years of history. Not every United side is, has been great and has played nope. you know, attacking football uh, and not even under some of our more attacking coaches, of course, you know. Um, but I think it's a notion that United supporters want from the club, um, mostly. Uh, and uh, and so when Mourinho does play hyper-defensively, uh, some people feel quite angry about it, including me on occasion. You said some people. I'm like, are you asking for a friend? Yeah, that's, that's it. I'm asking for a friend. Asking for a friend uh, after Spurs, uh, United uh, played Huddersfield. Oh, we'll smash this lot, yeah. won't we? <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, I believe the answer to that question to be yes, because we have looked absolutely fine at home against teams we're supposed to beat. We'll play 4-2-3-1 in that game, be on the front foot for most of it, and we'll almost certainly, by sheer force of individual talent in attack, I, I really would not be at all surprised if that game was a 4-0. Well, we are 4-0 FC. So, yeah, yeah exactly. and that's a not in great form. Uh, and we'd like a bit of revenge for that piece of nonsense when we went to their place. Uh, we're not even yeah. w- worst game under Mourinho by some distance, yeah. that one. So, yeah. um, uh, you know. Oh, oh, well done. Zoria Lahansk at home. Yeah. I mean, we won that game, but still, was we only won it when Rooney shanked the ball into the floor and Zlatan headed home. Earlier on, when you were listing our forwards, you didn't even mention Zlatan. Yeah, well, I mean, he's not fit. You know, he's he's been out no. all season, basically. Um, yeah. And I know he's been saying he's coming back, but, like, honestly, if you get anything out of him, it's a bonus. The club surely will not sign him on to another contract. If they do, uh, it's only because there's some kind of clause with Raiola that says... Pogba won't start agitating for a, you know, a new contract no. or a transfer away if he gives Latan an extra year. <laughs> what were you saying about not believing conspiracy yeah, theories? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one I'd believe though with Raiola. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If he, if he tells me um, his pastor, I look under the source. Um, it's always good to refer to our favourite ever manager's casual xenophobia, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, the uh Mkhitaryan deal with Sanchez happened and it was a, an, a high-profile swap deal between two major Never clubs in England. Never happened football manager, football manager, but um, it did. Arsenal like swapping players, apparently. Uh, they they seem very pleased with the swap deal as well. Arsene Wenger uh, seemed very happy to have solved the Sanchez problem. He said it, it caused them some uh, problems internally and uh, they played well. After he'd gone, didn't they? You know, a comfortable win last weekend. And yep. uh, and in Mkhitaryan, they've got a player that you'd think would fit into the Arsenal mould, in theory. I was going to say, didn't they get knocked out of the FA Cup? But then I remembered they'd already yeah, been knocked out yeah. of the FA Cup. And, so. and they're, apparently yeah. they're uh, low-balling the, the bid for Obam- Yang. God. Apparently they're low-balling the bid for Aubameyang and, um, you know, they want to try and team him back up with Mkhitaryan. Um, maybe they'll get that deal done and over the line in the next, uh, what, what have they got, three days or something like that to do that one? Uh, maybe not. If they do, if they do low, lose that because they're low-balling, you just, oh gosh, I just everything about that club. You know, it's one of those things like in life sometimes it's helpful to look at other people's experience to get perspective on things that are going wrong and, you know, I mean, I know Arsenal have finished above us in the league quite a lot recently. They didn't last season, did they? But before that, they had done for a few seasons. But, oh my goodness gracious me, 
I'm so glad I'm not, every day I give thanks for not being an Arsenal fan. <laughs> it just must be so terrible. There can't be a worse team to support than Arsenal. There just can't. No, because if, if you're a, a team that's sort of a yo-yo club, you just enjoy the football, don't you? You know? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, 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 and the occasional big win against a, 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 a team above you or something or something like that. For Arsenal, it's the perpetual hope of wanting to be better and really deep down knowing that it's never going to happen while this absolute fraud of a manager is in charge. <laughs> I guess then the one, the one, I should say this really, just for the sake of some actual balances, I suppose if you're like a Blackpool fan or a Blackburn Rovers, you know, owned by these terrible kinds of owners, then that's probably worse. But, you know, Arsenal's owner is a famously mediocre sports owner. So, you know, that's not much better either. Anyway, anyway. So are ours, by the enough. way, famously mediocre. They've just <laughs> yeah, lucked out on a true. very fast-rising <laughs> tide of uh, global globalisation <laughs> of football and a uh, very competitive telco media market in the UK. Yeah, exactly. So, Ed... I'm just going to ask you, Ed, Ed's in charge of the Twitter questions for the time being. He hasn't done it. So I think that I'm just going to make some Twitter questions up for Ed to answer as a kind of penance for not doing the Twitter questions. Is that, is that doable? Yeah, we can do that. I, look, I know you're on Twitter anyway, lurking away. Lurking. No, it's not it true. Is. It is. I, yeah. I click on links when people send them, send no, them no, to you're me. You're there it. lurking, spying on what's going on because you really want to know, really. Look, I, I, I know yes. you. You say you're not on Twitter, but I know you're lurking, really. You, you could easily have um, prompted a few people to send in questions. <laughs> no, this is, this is in fact, uh, an inaccurate uh, accusation. I um, have looked at a few tweets that people have sent me, but now I haven't looked at the timeline or anything like that. I don't or, believe you. Or used, uh, anyway, used we don't have any account. questions and this it's... week and I'm stalling for time. So, uh, so, so <laughs> right, why so haven't we Ed, talked about I'm, that uh, we should have talked I'm about? Gonna, I, I'm going to ask you some Twitter questions of the kind that I like and you don't like. That's what I'm going to do. So... Which United player has the best haircut? <laughs> Paul Pogba. Yeah, I think that's, that is probably officially the correct answer. What are the other ones you don't like? If you could be any kind of animal, what would it be? A lion, and I'd come and... No, I was going to say I'd come and eat you, but I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, so you've got lion. Um, and all right, so Ed, uh, apart from Eric Cantona... Who is your favourite United player ever? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Do I have to pick one? Yeah. No, yeah. Okay. You, no, I tell you what, you can have three. Okay. Roy Keane. Paul yeah, Scott. Obviously. Brian Robson. Okay. Okay. Giggs, Good, he would so be quick. close to that. Right. Close to that. I just yeah. can't quite get over the thousand yard stare he's got post game, post playing. You know, he's going to be a terrible manager. He really is. It's happening. We're, we are going to see it. Did we talk about Michael Carrick getting a first-team coaching role Yeah, last well, week? No, not, not officially, not actually officially done, right? I don't think he, you know, he's right. been sort of offered by Mourinho, but I, I don't think they've actually put a contract right. in front of him. And I don't think he's officially said he's retired and, and not playing anymore. He, he could well take a contract at another club if he's, he's, if he's fit and healthy enough. Someone asked um, in the week... Uh, whether thought he would be a good potential United manager one day. It's a really interesting question because on the one hand, 
think the Carrick's kind of approach to the game is is you know he's he's always been very cerebral on the pitch and clearly when he talks about that game he's not one of these people that can't communicate those ideas you know he's very clear about football when he talks about it and and that side of the communication you you'd clearly think he could do the one thing that I don't know is whether there's the force of personality there to really kind of deal with the psychological side of it, lift a team that's down, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, who knows? I mean, uh, I, I don't know whether you can tell much about um, that side of management from uh, the playing side. You know, I uh, I would expect him to be uh, an intelligent, thoughtful, diligent coach. Uh, he's done his yeah. badges. He's been doing some youth football um the the kind of man management piece the magic that Fergie had who knows whether he's got that don't know we're we're only yeah. going to find out when he's he's put in that kind of pressurized situation then you know if you look at i know i know you hate him ed but if you look at guardiola guardiola has an insanely driven personality which clearly communicates itself i mean i i suspect it's probably quite taxing to deal with as a player. Um, but, you know, it clearly he can communicate that drive and intensity. And I, I mentioned Guardiola because you would imagine that of all the kind of top, top level coaches, that's the mould of kind of player manager that Carrick would become. Given Well, the, given Guardiola was that kind player. of player. He was actually quite quiet on the pitch. Um yeah. So I, you know, yeah, I just don't know whether I can see enough behind the the actor's curtain to to know what yeah. Carrick is going to be like in those really key situations. But um, yeah. look, just in general principle, getting players into into coaching roles as part of the family of the club, I think, is a very good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I remember you talking about this when Fergie left and and when the class of 92 were getting involved and you talking about how important institutional knowledge is for big organisations and the amount that we've lost at United. I mean, and we are almost building a kind of an, an all new version of this. And, you know, Mourinho did a brilliant interview last year with, with Rio Ferdinand and Ferdinand said, are the players aware of the legacy and all that kind of stuff? Do they carry that with them? And Mourinho said, yeah, of course they are. And I hope you're not offended by this, but one of the things we've done is replace some of the old pictures of success with in Carrington with the pictures of the current crop winning stuff because they need to know that they are part of that legacy and they can win too. Um, and that that was one of those moments where you think, actually, Mourinho does kind of get the kind of primary problem that there is at this club, which is the weight of the shirt has mm. become too heavy, you know. Um, anyway. Yeah, other big news this week, Phil Neville uh, appointed <laughs> England women's manager. Just, just a segue from the class of 92. Thoughts? <laughs> Well, I'm clearly starting a trend because he was immediately deleted his Twitter account afterwards. That's because he had a whole um, bunch of misogyny in his Twitter timeline, which somehow the FA in their you know, complete competence failed to spot. I mean, I genuinely think it's disgusting. That's, that's my real take on this. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm doing him a disservice. Maybe he's a changed man. But given all that, given just his tone on on all that stuff, the the kind of ease with which he throws that stuff around, 
I just feel like this seems like such a backward step because it's hardly like this is one of the great coaches of the men's game going to coach the the England women's team. You know, the, the, this is a man who's coaching. No, no, he's he's in the club, right? So he's you know an FA favorite, and that's why he uh, he's got the job. It's not because of his coaching credentials. There are thousands of coaches more qualified than he, and and plenty in the women's game as well. Although you know the FA have basically pointed out through back channels that many of the, the people they uh, might have interviewed or might have considered for the job didn't want it. Yeah, that's a, uh, that I don't, is true. I don't know how fair that is, but uh, it's. I think we know why, you know, he's he's in the club. That's why uh, Phil uh, has been appointed. Maybe he'll do a great job. But, I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Even... Even if he does a great job, the last guy did a great job in inverted commas. You know, the the team was very successful, but there are things that matter more than that. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think we're saying that Phil's getting a bit handsy with the the uh, the under eighteens team. No, that's um, but that was <laughs> he might he might he might have some old fashioned views. I think I think uh, we have to say at this point it was a. Uh, an adult team with which the last man was allegedly getting handsy. But also that isn't even the problem. It's the cultural stuff. It's the complete lack of understanding of the culture. That's, that's the bit that is Mm. like, and, and Phil Neville is, you know, he's, we've seen him be casually homophobic. We've seen him be casually, casually misogynistic on Twitter. That's why he's got to delete his Twitter account to have the job. You know, it's, it's a total mess and and kind of low key, a, basically a disgrace, I think. So, um, uh, moving on, uh, but staying within the women's game, uh, Manchester City put out a video this week uh, saying that they they are no longer Manchester City men's and women's team. It's just Manchester City. Yeah. Um, same game, same same club, uh, and all of that. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of praise for that video uh, and the message that it sent and. I think uh, rightly so. Got a bit of a problem with this one, though, given who they're owned by um, and the total lack of human rights for women or for many people generally, but especially for women in the the UAE, uh, where if you're a woman, you can't get divorced uh, unless the man wants it, even if he's gone to prison. Um, uh, I think if he goes to prison for more than however many years, you can. Um, you can go to prison for reporting a rape. Um, you uh, uh, you cannot get exactly the jobs you want because you're restricted by the employment code. Um, uh, they didn't have a female minister until 2004. Um, you're not definitely not allowed to get an abortion or have any rights over your own body. So, hmm. hmm. Sorry for getting all snowflakey and, mm. and uh, virtue signalling on this one. <laughs> I'm glad it's you, to be honest. <laughs> it's nice not to be the only cuck in town. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, some serious. So, and and look, it's great piece of PR. But a whole club is a piece of PR yeah. for the country, right? I mean, um, this is... and and it's a shame that some serious journalists aren't making that point. It, it's a very odd situation, isn't it? Because all that is entirely true, and yet the thing they did is still a good thing. It's 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 one of those things, isn't it? It's it's like it's almost as if politics is nuanced sometimes. <laughs> Would yes. you believe it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and United don't even have a women's team. Brilliant. Well, right. And again, not to virtue signal too much, but that's pretty embarrassing and wrong. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And for those people who say, well, would you watch the women's team? Uh, no, but I, there's lots of things that I don't watch. I don't watch the under 21s. Doesn't mean they shouldn't have the under 21s. They're not even called the, that's how little I watch them. That's not even what they're called. The under 23s. (laughs) Um, But you know what I mean? Like, no, that's, I've never watched a Manchester United under eights game, but they absolutely should have them. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, nonce anyway people are ridiculous um that's quite enough of that and frankly ed i think that's enough for one episode don't you uh probably uh probably we've lost half our audience <laughs> i mean surely um, surely surely the people that were lost by that have been lost already unless we've picked them up recently and they weren't here during the you know the 28 20 2017 general election or brexit or trump or you know or any of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, look, we've got to do some predictions. Uh, yeah. I totally forgot to do any Twitter questions, so at least we can do the other thing that we <laughs> get wrong every week as well, which is predict the score. I said we did it yeah. last week, did we? Bang on. 4 0 FC. Um, ah, Ed, I don't. I hate doing this so much. I think Man United are going to lose on Wednesday night. I hate it, but I think it's what's going to happen because we are so bad away from home in big games under Mourinho. Um, so I'm, I can't see it. I mean, I can see a way that we win. I just don't think that's what's going to happen. So I'm going to go 2-1 Spurs. Blech. Wow. Wow. Um, I think we'll find a way to... To nick a draw in this one. Okay, no, I thought you were going to say win. <laughs> in, in a team we're eight points above in the league. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and who are you know in a mixed bag of form and and we're just held by Newport in the FA Cup. Uh, in fact, we're lucky to get a draw against Newport in the FA Cup. So yeah, uh, one all. Okay. Um, and then Huddersfield four 0 and Man United four 0 No question four 0 Let's see. Well, I can't. I'm going to go for a three 0 just to be controversial. I really want a Paul Pogba goal. Feels like it's been a long time, and they're just the best thing when Paul Pogba scores. So, well, he's he's going to have to fight off Sanchez, <laughs> Lukaku, and Jesse Lingard, yeah. especially Lingard. Yeah, absolutely. It's, did you see Lingard put on Instagram? I knew you wanted to come and Millie Rock with a mandem. <laughs> he's just an uh, absolute yeah. joy that boy uh never lose it jesse no. never lose it no. so in the meantime uh next week i'll uh i'll remember to ask questions in fact given that i uh i uh, like doing this kind of thing i'm probably going to automate the call for questions <laughs> uh, just so i'll never forget again of course um, you are yeah, no, it's pretty easy to do. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and and yeah, so you'll be getting the same standard question for me about you know midday on a Sunday from now on. Oh, bro, uh, and 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 you can carry on lurking on Twitter, which I know you're doing. Uh, this is, I tell you, this Ed is fake news. <laughs> this is this is a person telling another person he's doing a thing that he's not doing. You're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna say it's a witch hunt, mate. <laughs> Go work for CNN. <laughs> fake news, fake news. Yeah, we're, well, fake Rankcast is over. Yep. And uh, we'll see you next week. And Patreon backers, stay tuned for real Rankcast coming up next. The Rankcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners like you. If you want to support the Rankcast, head to patreon.com slash Rankcast. And here's a clip of the kind of bonus content that you can expect to find if you do. Um, uh...
we'll never know whether Berbatov, uh, if he had played in that game or been on the bench, would have made a difference. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. It's just one of the great unknowables of the universe, whether the problem, the mismatch in the two teams in that game was whether Berbatov was playing or not. That's exactly. All it was. Well, you may say there's a mismatch. I'll present some alternative facts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, just, we're just missing Berber in that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, not, not, but he still did that mad thing when he uh, spanned around the West Ham defender, and we'll always have that. 